Dunkin's new wake-up go-tos mean you never have to choose between breakfast meats again. Now you can get a wake-up wrap with bacon and a wake-up wrap with sausage for $3. That's savory and sweet, crispy and spicy. It's everything you love about breakfast for $3. Wake up your day with new wake-up go-tos. Get two egg and cheese wraps for $2 or mix and match your favorite meats with two bacon, ham, sausage, or turkey sausage wraps for $3. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusion apply. Limited time offer. You're listening to 87.1 Caroline Radio. Uh, this is Aaron Richmond, host of the Aaron's Opinion podcast, a podcast where we talk about critical issues in the blindness community. Welcome back, listener. How are you? And I'm glad you had a good week. I'm doing all right. Um, this evening or this morning or this afternoon, whenever this is, you are or we are speaking with uh, Olga Mahler. Olga um, lives in Australia. She's blind, and she has a very, very interesting story. She's also a YouTuber, but we'll get into that later. Olga, why don't you start by talking about um, where, you, where you grew up and your life story in a nutshell in the next 30 minutes, how you came to Australia and your life. Go. Okay, so thank you, Aaron, for inviting me. Uh, I do have a story to tell. I originally come from Ukraine. Uh, I was born... Uh, in a family of uh, blind parents, so I know it, uh, know the whole blind kitchen inside out. Um, and my parents in return were born in a very um, peculiar era, uh, post World War II and Soviet time. Obviously, Ukraine used to be uh, part of the Soviet Union. Uh, so certain things uh, that they grew up with obviously were reflected in the way they were bringing me up. Um, basically from very first days, I had to learn life is tough. Um, you know, you have to fight all those sort of principles. And uh, I mean, I'm glad life is not that tough. You do not have to fight for everything, uh, but that's something I had to learn over the course of my life. Um, from the age of six, I actually uh, went to a boarding school for the blind uh, because in the Soviet times and after Soviet, when the Soviet uh, Union um, fell apart, actually people with disabilities were kind of segregated from the, um, you know, the, the, the mainstream society. <laughs> Sorry for my English. If I use some uh, funny terms, that's not you're doing, because your English, your English, <laughs> your English is fine, Olga. You're oh, thank totally, you. Totally thank fine. You. No worries. Uh, yes. So um, all kids up until now with disabilities go to uh, separate boarding schools. So, for example, kids um, uh, who have. Um, you know, hearing problems. They go to the boarding school for kids with hearing problems or someone with cerebral palsy would go to the boarding school where kids only with cerebral palsy are. And uh, often uh, because of the shortage of those schools, you would be away from your home uh, for the entire term and go back home just for the school holidays. 
um, and that's from very early age. So my boarding school was 350 kilometers away from where my parents lived. So they would drop me off, say bye-bye, um, you know, left some lollies and uh, that's it. I would see them in a couple of months. Um, from early age, I had to learn to do my own laundry, um, you know, take care of myself um, and just be sort of, um, you know, on my own in a way. Uh, so that definitely shaped um, my character in a certain way. Um, also, you know, being um, in the boarding school where everyone else is the same uh, creates certain environment. Um, if you're blind, um, you don't have to challenge yourself as much if you're studying among uh, students with the same uh, health problems in comparison to the way it's done in the United States because I've, I've studied in the United States for a year as an exchange student in year 11 uh, so I've tried it on and it was scary as <laughs> to come from a blind school to a normal public school you know um, so I had uh, that, um, you know, that zone of very, very much comfort where I could study, I could uh, learn different extracurriculum things, like I was singing in the choir, dancing, um, I was playing chess. I know it's not popular in the Western world as much as it was um, in Soviet countries. Well, still is. Um, I actually made it to the professional level and traveled a bit uh, playing chess. Anyway, so what I'm trying to say is that um, I was growing up in the environment where I could really blossom on the one hand because I wasn't afraid, you know, I didn't stand out. Everyone was the same. But on the other hand, you know, as soon as um, I had to step out uh, of that environment, I was absolutely unprepared. In fact, I was so much unprepared that for a while after the boarding school, I was in a way hiding. And it took a lot of willpower, it took a lot of courage to get active, to get, you know, to, to start functioning, uh, to set goals, to set success, uh, sort of success aims, you know. Uh, so, um, yeah, I uh, have master's degree in translation and interpreting and teaching English as a second language. Uh, I obtained that from uh, a Ukrainian university. I also have um, a certificate in uh, medical nursing and massage therapy. I have worked in both of those areas. And actually, the reason why I... Uh, did a massage and nursing course wasn't so much initially uh, because I was going to work as massage therapist. I actually just wanted to specialize in medical translation because in post-Soviet countries, massage um, is taught at a totally different level than I noticed in the Western world. Um, it's a big, big deal. So to become a massage therapist, I had to do full-time three-year course. 
um, I had to do job placement, um, uh, like, you know, when you do your sort of practice hours uh, at hospitals, basically, they train you to be almost like a physiotherapist. Uh, so we had to take such subjects as uh, surgery, for example, or, you know, pathology or microbiology. So I knew that and I thought, wow, you know, I will get really great insight into the medical field. Uh, and it would greatly help me in my translation career. And it did. I, um, uh, yeah, I have worked in medical translation for a few years, uh, pretty much while I was studying massage. But um, toward the end of my course, um, there was a 2012 big soccer uh, tournament, if you remember. And it uh, took place in Ukraine. So they've been improving infrastructure like crazy. Uh, they were building new hotels. Um, and in my city, I, by the way, come from Kharkiv. Uh, that's on the border with Russia. Uh, they built a five-star hotel, like all marble and orchids and, uh, you know, 11-story um, a long chandelier. Uh, anyway, so that's where I got a job as massage therapist because I could speak English and I had um, proper training in massage. And that was the turning point in my life, to be honest. Basically, that was the time when I turned from a gray mouse, brown mouse, um, into... I don't know, a, a blossoming flower. I'm sorry to call myself that, but you know, that's something that just came to my mind. Um, does it make sense? It does, yes. Oh, great, okay. Uh, so, and I'll explain what I mean a bit more in details. Um, basically, um, after the boarding school, I was very much, as I said before, afraid of the real world. So I was trying to avoid situations where I had to challenge myself, where I would even just have to um, explain that I'm blind. Um, I have always had really low vision. It probably deteriorated pretty much to zero um, in my 20s so as a teenager i could still see a little bit but definitely not enough uh, to safely get around without cane uh, but that's exactly what i did until i was 22 23 probably that's the first time in my blind life i took cane in my hands and not because that's the time when my vision uh, got uh, very, very much worse. It's just the time when um, I uh, met someone from uh, actually Holland and uh, he, uh, he was a cane user and he said, how can you not be using cane? Why are you embarrassed of it? Why are you embarrassed of yourself? That's just you, that's just who you are. You know, your safety is first, but also, you know, it gives you freedom. And that just so resonated and clicked in my head. And I just started using my cane and it emboldened me. 
it so much emboldened me and I started poking my head out. I posted my CV uh, for, you know, for the job that I um, uh, got in the end at that hotel. And I was invited and interviewed in different languages because the manager actually was German. Um, so I uh, did part of the interview in English, part of the interview in German because I could speak German. Uh, and I got the job. And oh my goodness, oh miracle, I realized sighted people actually not, you know, the, they, they accept me as I am. Sighted people actually value me. And it was just absolutely, you know, eye-opening for me. I had no idea that I could be a friend to a sighted person. I don't know. It probably sounds really weird in the Western world, the way you guys grew up in America or uh, wherever you listen, uh, what other countries, you know, your listeners are from. But, you know, for me, that was the reality. I'm not ashamed of talking about it. I, in fact, hope that it may inspire someone, uh, you know, to take action, to, you know, get a bit more active in their life, whatever they're struggling with. And um, so by the time I got the job, um, I had been divorced. I got married to my classmate from my boarding school, of course, because I had no slightest, you know, intention to date someone sighted. I would be absolutely terrified even to think about it. Uh, so, of course, I married a classmate um, and um, I was 19. He was 20, uh, pretty much straight away. Um, we cooked a baby and we both were students, university students at that time. So as you can imagine, having a baby, being university students, being that young, it was tough. It was unmanageable. So by the age of 23, I was a single mom, divorced, um, and um, at that time, just uh, a student of the medical college, learning massage, unemployed, it was definitely not adding any uh, confidence to me. But then I get the job. I, you know, I start building up my self-confidence. And I think, oh my goodness, I need to try um, to remarry and remarry maybe even someone, you know, uh, like not, not necessarily among people with disabilities. So I tried, um, I dared, I would say, I was really terrified to do that, uh, to uh, post my uh, prof uh, what do you call it? profile um, on the international dating site. Um, it was kind of like escape again in a way from reality because you didn't have to face a person in the real world. Um, you didn't have straight away to say, oh, I'm blind, by the way, you know. So again, it was kind of just a little step, but it was a step forward, you know. And so I registered there and actually 
the first guy I sort of seriously was talking to was an American. I almost ended up in America, but not quite. <laughs> almost got married. Uh, but, you know, that guy was also had quite a few issues, even though they were not related to eyesight. So I think that's why he was a bit more open-minded about my disability. Um, but it didn't work out. He also had a child from his previous marriage and the child was quite a difficult one. So my boy, his boy was just way too much for us to handle. And um, yeah, he gave up. It broke my heart, I have to say. Um, and uh, I was quite devastated. But because I had a great job, um, you know, at the hotel, I was um, sort of pushed along by good feedback from my clients. By the way, one year I became um, the employee of the year of the entire hotel, and it was quite inspiring for me. And um, so now uh, the, my second serious um, relationship on the dating website actually uh, brought me to Australia. Uh, so I met an Aussie doctor, Anthony. Um, uh, he's 18 years older than me. Uh, it's a whole story in its own. Um, but I can give you just uh, like you said in a nutshell. You can, um, you can tell you can tell as much of the story as you want. All right. <laughs> What's the age of your listeners? <laughs> <laughs> it is this content, by the way, is marked as explicit, so children do not have access to this, this material. <laughs> I'm just joking, by the way. If someone started, you know, getting really alert, I'm sorry to disappoint you. Not too much of details I'm going to give you, but I will give some. Well, anyway, so my uh, current husband, by the way, we have just celebrated our seventh marriage anniversary. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, he, uh, for the very first date, had to cross the entire world to see me. I could have been a scammer. I could have been whatever, you know, really. Because on the internet, you know, even if you uh, talk, even if you have a video chat, whatever, it's still, you know, it could be faked, whatever, you know, you do. And actually working in the hotel, I've seen so many guys that were fooled and they would tell me all those horrible stories when they came to massage, how they came to visit a lady and it all turned out to be a big, big scam. So I actually, you know, applaud my uh, husband for his courage um, because it's a big time and money investment to fly all the way from Australia to Ukraine. By the way, if you look uh, on the map, it's as, uh, those two points are as far as you can go. Like you can't go any further across <laughs> the world. Um, so I, of course, uh, dolled myself up all like all the professional makeup. Luckily in Ukraine, it doesn't cost as much, you know. I think I spent like $100 and I've done 
everything in the beauty salon, makeup, hair, nails, uh, you know, everything. But the salaries are pretty low as well. So I guess for me, it was quite a big um, investment as well, in a sense. So I meet him at the airport and, you know, from the very first, I would love to say from the first side, it was love from the first side, but for me, it was more of the love from the first word, from the first touch, you know, um, we knew from the beginning it was serious, it was going to lead to a marriage and it did, and a very happy marriage. Um, so we have a three-year-old son, three-and-a-half-year-old son, a handful, um, and my boy from the first marriage, of course, came along with me, uh, and um, he calls Anthony father, even though he still has a um, relationship with his Ukrainian dad, but um, he definitely loves uh, his Australian dad very much. Uh, and he's 14 now, so at the age of 34, I'm not ashamed just yet to, <laughs> um, to tell my age. Uh, so I have a 14-year-old boy and a three-and-a-half-year-old boy. And at the moment, I'm mainly a stay-at-home parent, but I have several um, projects. Um, I'm at the moment working on looking um, for a literary agent. I have written a children's book. I have already illustrated it. Well, not myself, of course. I uh, commissioned an illustrator to illustrate the book for me. Uh, so wish me luck with that. I really hope to publish uh, my book and more, of course, will come. You, and, and Sure, sure. Wonderful, Olga. Wonderful. By, by the way, so many of my guests on Aaron's Opinion are working on books. You know, you are, yeah. if, if you're writing a book, if you are wanting to read it, if you want to talk about it, if you want to, when you come back for another episode, which I certainly hope you would do, I really hope that you would talk just about your experience publishing a book, you know, read a little bit of it, and really promote it because that's a, a podcasting is a great way to promote an audio book or to promote a book. You can turn it into like a podcast just for that book. And that would be, that would of be Of course, really... it's a children's book. It's, uh, you that's, know. Yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, you could, you know, maybe, maybe, yeah, actually maybe for this audience, um, maybe not, but then again, probably wouldn't hurt in the future if that's something you would want to do in the future because, you know, parents might be listening to this show who might have children. I, I mean, it's, I, I don't really know, but I, I hope you would take me up on that in the future because really so many I of my guests are... I publish it first, so I have a story yeah. to tell. I have a journey to tell about, you know. Well, that's so, so good, Olga. So good. Yeah, a lot of people are working on books and they just don't know who to turn to. And I, I mm. tell them, just come talk to me about it because that will immensely <laughs> help you. Yeah. So yes, and, and please, please continue. Yeah. Uh, yes, so that's uh, my one creative project. And actually, I have a huge dream attached to that book. That is with the money that I hope to get from publishing that book. I want to make a difference for children in third world countries uh, by building playgrounds themed as my book, because my book is about a dinosaur called Green Green. 
Uh, so themed uh, playgrounds uh, for kids, maybe in Africa, I have always had a soft spot, uh, particularly for Africa. Um, yeah, so I, I'm investigating that side of the, you know, this project as well right now. And of course, uh, my uh, big baby is my uh, YouTube channel. In fact, I have two, but uh, the one that is relevant is the English one. The other one is in Russian, but it's pretty much a twin just uh, in Russian. And um, the one in English is called Born Blind to Inspire. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm happy to talk a bit more about and I think topic. and I think after I think after I say a couple things, after we have a little a little commercial, yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think that would be that that would be very, very good. Hey, by the way, guys, um, I I was I was so 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 ready to go tonight for this episode. I I, for, I forgot to mention, just so you know, Olga and you at home all over the world, Aaron's opinion can be found anywhere you get a podcast, whether that's Apple, you know, Spreaker, Spotify, Google, you know, anywhere you want to listen to us, we're basically there. Also on Twitter, also on Facebook, also on YouTube, also on Patreon. Um, I I mean, you've said a lot of you know, really, really true and really, really fascinating things. Um, as I have, well, I, I don't know if I've told you, but I mean, I've never, I've never been to Russia. I've never been to, to the Ukraine. I do speak French. Uh, so I've been to France three times. Mm -hmm. um, and I've studied abroad in England, uh, been to Germany, been to Amsterdam. I love it. Amsterdam is just a wonderful city for blind people. So good to get around there. Amsterdam, Austria, um, Poland, Czech Republic, um, and I, I've noticed that I've, I have concluded two things. I think that, and this is, this is only my opinion, I think that in other countries, especially France and England, I think that the community there um, is a lot kinder to blind people and people with disabilities than the community in the United States. However, I have also noticed that the opportunities for people in those countries who happen to be blind are far, far less frequent. So I, I mean, it's hard to say which one, which one would I prefer? Well, in a perfect world, I, I, I mean, I would, in, in my perfect imaginary world, I guess, I would rather, I guess, be, be a French guy because I speak French, a French guy with opportunities. But you can't really have it both ways. You know, I'm, I'm American. My parents. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, in it, Australia, we have recently. You are, uh, you, are so, you are so blessed and so fortunate to be living in Australia. Such a de definitely. But uh, recently, people with disabilities have been blessed by the government with an incredible program, which I don't know whether it has um, anything like that anywhere in the world, including America. Um, it's uh, called uh, National Disability Insurance Scheme. Mm -hmm. Have you heard about it? Yeah, yeah. Every most countries have some sort of a. Um, oh no! It, trust me, I have friends in America. I've talked about it, and they're quite fascinated what you get. <laughs> so you sit down with the representative uh, from that um, program, and you identify goals for the year and ways you want to achieve them, and you get incredible funding for that. No matter sort of how active you live. 
whether you were a student or work or you stay at home, you know. So like last year, I got 44,000 toward achieving my goals. And I'm very much flexible how I want to spend them. So I was able to purchase, for example, Braille No Touch with, with the money, uh, Jaws, um, uh, Victor Reader Stream. Um, I get regularly someone to uh, come and assist me with taking my kids to sports uh, or, for example, the zoo and stuff like that. Um, it's just such a wonderful program. There is nothing even close like that in Ukraine or Russia or no. countries. No, no, definitely. Nor in France, nor in England. They, well, no. I don't know about England, but definitely not in France. They don't have things like that in, in most countries, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and um, uh, sorry, would you like me to talk about the uh, my YouTube channel or is there something else uh, you're interested in? No, 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 no. We'll, we'll, we'll get to, we'll come, we're coming up, coming up on the, I, I just, I, I don't, I, I don't like it when guests or no guests should have to start a story only for me to say, we'll be right back. So yeah, let's just keep keep on going for about another about another minute and a half we're doing fine um yeah i mean in in the states i mean we have like um the government gives money to people with disabilities um but everybody gets a slightly different amount and of course there's a lot of complaints and a lot of a lot of issues with that um with people either taking too much not enough not reporting yeah. properly it's it's a major um, it's always a major, major, major issue in the States. Um, this yes. year, um, in light of the events of the, you know, health issues this year, we've, of course, received money from our government, but it, it does not make the situation um, any, any easier. Um, the well, only thing... It made a huge difference in terms mm -hmm. of, um, uh, like, Braille Note Touch. It's... Right. It's a very expensive device uh, because I've always been a computer user, you know. I never thought uh, to buy a device like that um, if, with my own money, even though I could afford it, but I just thought it was unnecessary. Whereas well, when the government bought it for me, I discovered how awesome it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Certain things like sure. that. Sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. So, so by the way, my name's Aaron Richmond. Um, she's, she's Olga Mahler. She's from Australia. And this is Aaron's opinion. All right. Um, as we like to say, you're doing a great job and we will take a little uh, time out right about here to say, we'll be right back. You know, ladies and gentlemen, um, are, are you, you know, tired, uh, at home? Maybe you're listening to too many editions, too many episodes of Aaron's opinion. Well, I'm, I'm so glad to tell you that I have just, I have just the thing you see blended, uh, blended uh, has just reached out to me and, uh, they're uh, a sponsor, a, a sponsor for a limited time, um, until the 31st of August of, of Aaron, of the Aaron's opinion podcast, you know, whether you want a coffee with fruit, you know, chocolate you know, light roast, medium roast, dark roast, beans, cake cups, you know, different seasonal flavors. Trust me, they've got you covered at Blended Joe. Blended Joe. They've got you covered. No, pro no problem. Um, as a matter of fact, I have even better news. I can even tell you that until the 31st of August, all you need to do if you want a 20% discount on all of your orders at blendedjoe.com, which I mean, who 
who doesn't want a discount, right? All you got to do is just type in the promo code Aaron. And if you have a hard time spelling, so do I. It's really easy. A-A-R-O-N at checkout. Uh, BlendedJoe.com. Trust me, whether you're at home on the couch or on the go, I know you'll love every sip and every coffee from Blended Joe. We're back with Olga Muller, um, who now I would like you to talk about uh, your, your YouTube channel. Um, and what I would like you to, to talk about, if, if you want, is some of the videos that I've seen. So you, you were telling me before we got started that you took down a video um, of, your, of your own accord. It was a video, um, and, and I'm, I, I, I would like to address it with you a little bit. So you, you produced at one point a video where you were showing people how to eat cereal, something about that. <laughs> yes, I can uh, talk about that with great pleasure. Um, but let me, in mm -hmm. general, sort of talk about the channel why I started it. Uh, so it's called Born Blind to Inspire. And at some point of my life, I uh, felt like my cup was absolutely full. You know, I felt so happy. I thought I have to share I have to share my happiness with the world because I know there are lots of people, whether they're blind, whether they have other health challenges, whether they have, you know, personal challenges uh, related to family uh, that need a little bit of that encouragement. And quite a few friends of mine uh, that sort of leading to creating that channel would often say to me, you know, Olga, when I talk to you, it's like a gust of fresh air, a fresh wind. You're just able to cheer me up so well. And I thought, gee, the world really needs a little bit of that cheering up, you know? And so I thought I need to start a YouTube channel talking about my life uh, and not so much focusing on um, problems and challenges, but more so how despite of those problems and challenges, you can still enjoy life, you can still be happy, you can still be successful. Uh, so that was the reason uh, I created the channel and that's my goal, uh, to cheer people up. And I don't have any grand plans. I'm not looking for thousands of subscribers. Um, if I can, you know, inspire at least hundreds of people, I will consider my mission complete, seriously. And, um, and seriously, here at Aaron's opinion, I say that if I talk to one person, I just helped a million others. So all you need to do is make sure that one person watches the video. All you need is one like, because that means that you just helped a million other blind people all over the world. Definitely. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And um, uh, so mainly, so far, my content is uh, focused on parenting blind. Um but I haven't been going that long and I do have sort of technical issues because it's not all up to me producing the videos, you know, making the videos, editing the videos. I have to rely on um, the help of my husband, of my nephew. Uh, luckily, my nephew is a professional videographer, but 
uh, he lives in Ukraine, so he can only help me with editing um, of my videos. But anyway, like I don't, I have more ideas than my helpers can handle, you know? So mm -hmm. well, I, don't have, <laughs> I don't have as many videos up as I would want to. I've been only going for two months, I think, maybe three months, not more than that, that's for sure. Uh, so, so far I've made um, videos about me exercising because I'm quite passionate about fitness. Um, I've made uh, lots of sort of uh, parenting videos with my three-year-old. He uh, he's quite a movie star. Uh, he loves that. So we were baking a cake. We were making some cookies. Um, uh, we were washing my guide dog. And that sort of stuff. And yes, there were a couple of videos that were a bit different. One where I was driving uh, my husband's car uh, and um, it's not entirely um, accessible for, for blind people. It has quite a bit of music and visual scenes. Um, and that's uh, one of the things that I haven't made up my mind on um, accessibility for the blind. I want to have the balance that it's interesting enough um, for the blind people, but on the other hand, it's not too descriptive for people uh, who are sighted because as I said, uh, I, I want to, you know, give a sort of encouragement not only to people with blindness but anyone because as i said lots of people need that uh, so that's maybe why not every blind person quite, quite liked my um uh, driving the porsche video um and the other video that i did take down out of my own accord actually twice and uh, yeah i once um, uh, i published it and then probably in a couple of days i took it down then i made it public again and now again i took it down because uh, it's very very different in that video i um sort of uh, sarcastically tell about how blind people eat cereal i use um, a huge salad bowl. Instead of a spoon, I use a ladle. I spill um, a cereal all over the place. I spill the milk all over the place. Uh, I can't. Um, uh, I can't reach my mouth, so it goes all over my face, all over my head, and, um, and then actually it wasn't uh, plotted like that. My son, my three-year-old son comes along, pops in, like, mom, what are you doing? And, uh, you know, I thought, oh, well, I'll play along. So I said, well, Michael, I'm trying to eat cereal, not very successful. Can you help me? And so I say, see, you know, like, um, that just the, na the nature of being a blind parent that your children have to do everything for you. And so he feeds me cereal. Um, and then, you know, basically I said, well, now you know how blind people eat cereal. Um, but basically, like not, uh, what I was trying to say, blind people are absolutely normal. And we, just like anyone else, have a sense of humor 
and we are not afraid to say, yes, we are blind. Yes, maybe we do certain things differently, um, but you know, it doesn't diminish our value. You know, that's just what we are, who we are, and we are not afraid to say that. And um, it didn't quite come across like that uh, for everyone. I've been sworn at, you know, F words and stuff like that. Oh, and, goodness. Uh, goodness, goodness. Well, okay. Well, so, so, so um, would you, um, even though, even though this is an explicit podcast, I never treat my guests like that. Um, would you like my respectful um, opinion? And I would maybe, love that. Okay, so I, I did, I did not like the video. I, I disagree. Yeah. I, but I did not like it. But I understood what you were saying. Mm. What you were saying was you were making fun of society's perception of blind people. Yes. Right. You were being. It was a political satire. Okay. Here's why, in my opinion, here's why I didn't think it was appropriate. Yeah. And let me give you a, another example. Um, there was recently, of course, recently, I don't know, everything, it, it's been a, the time has been kind of a blur lately with everything that's been going on. But <laughs> recently, um, there was some sort of a video um, or some sort of a challenge. Um, now I'm not going to get into the I'm not going to get into the personalities of the two organizations, but one one organization uh, let's call it Organization uh, A um, sets up a a challenge where you have to some sort of a blindfold challenge. Oh okay? yeah yeah yeah, yeah okay okay yeah 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 and then and then someone else from Organization Company B said that basically to paraphrase. That's really not a good idea because you're gonna you're going to give people who are sighted the the wrong impression of blindness, and that's all I would say to you about that video. I I I I really I loved the satire and I loved the way that you were making fun of of society as a comedian would. You're very comical. I I mean I I got the joke, but yes. but I I personally if I was your manager. Um, I would, yes, I would say, please take, uh, yes, I would say, please take that down, Olga, because it, it's not, and I, I, I really, I feel, I feel bad about saying it. Do, do what you want, you know, all to their own, no problems. But I think that you, in that, in that video, the other thing, apart from being satirical as a podcaster, is you have to take into consideration who your audience is in the first place. So if you're, if your audience is only blind people, then I think that video is fine because other successful blind people would get it. But I would imagine that if your audience is sighted people, the sighted people are not only are they going to not get the joke, but they, but some of them, because people are crazy these days, man. Some of these yeah. people are, some people are going to believe that blind people can't eat cereal. And that's the scary thing about that video. There are people in but this do world. You care? I don't care what people I, think. I, I, I appreciate, I appreciate, too, I, you know? I appreciate, I appreciate, I appreciate the fact, I appreciate the fact that you don't care, that that's, that's good, but to some degree, you have to be cognizant of your audience, because yes, you're, you're, and, you're, you're, uh, you're, like, look, if I was absolutely sure about that video, yeah. it would be still public, but I am not absolutely sure, even though I can give a hundred of arguments in its defense, uh, and one of them would be actually that I am sick of blind people trying to defend and uh, themselves and trying to say, I get it. look at me, you know, I can do this, I can do that. Right. Oh, what? 
but I don't care. I can't do lots of things and I'm happy to talk about it. You know, I don't have oh, to no. have I, I totally, I totally feel you. I, I, to I totally feel the vibe of the video. I totally, I, I completely under, I, I completely understood your thought process, but I'm just telling you that as a, as a podcaster, I'm someone who is very concerned about my audience and I have to be because quite frankly, if I was never concerned about my audience, then I never would have thought to reach out to you because you were in my audience or I came across oh. you see. So you, you know, you, you, you have to think about it from both sides. You have to think about it from, from the producer and the consumer. In, in the ecosystem. But that's what I was trying to yeah. tell black people do yeah. not worry. You know, if you want, just like I do eat sushi with your hands, go for it. I do not care. If you don't like how I do things, don't look at me, you know? I can't right. see you, don't look at me, you know? So basically that was the, the, the intention, the goal to tell blind people, don't worry, you know, don't worry. If it's convenient for you to do things certain way, go for it. But the problem with that video is, um, that it wasn't quite uh, thought through well enough. It was. It was thought through. I com I, I could not. Could not disagree more. The. It was thought through. It was thought through perfectly. The execution was perfection. But what? Wh I mean. So. 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 Anyway, the other. The other thing that I would say about it is the execution was perfect. But you know. It, it only takes one bad apple in the audience to bring to, 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 to you know to sink the whole ship. This is this is why to to some degree. It's good to not care what people think, but at some level, you, you sometimes you have to think about how it's affecting the population. You know, the there other the time other, I care very much what good, my good. audience think, but I'm just saying I do not care what society in general thinks about me as Olga, not as a YouTuber, but as Olga, and that's the message I was Excellent. trying to convey. Cool, cool. Okay. And the other, and you know, and the other, the other video, the other video that, I mean, the, the, the car video was cool, but, yeah. but I don't like know. <laughs> I pick the music. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, for me, you know, as a blind viewer of that video, it was just sort of like a person driving a car around. It didn't, it didn't thrill. It did not thrill me, nor did it disappoint me. I was, I was neutral about that video. Um, I mean, I'm someone who's just simply not interested in cars, so it was kind of like. Well, I posted that video uh, yeah. in a face group of uh, Porsche uh, in the Porsche uh, Facebook. Group, oh, that's cool. Okay, so what did they say? Loved it. People that's loved cool. It. See, okay, see, that's about again audience. See, the audience of Porsche lovers would love that because you're celebrating that car. That's that's a really good commercial, actually, for the Porsche. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, excellent. So, what are some what are some videos? <laughs> what are some videos that you're thinking about making? Maybe I can motivate you to either make um, it or not make it. <laughs> okay, perfect. Well, um, I'm not planning anything crazy. Maybe just a little twist on things here and there. Um, but um, I actually have already recorded videos. Just they haven't been edited where I was driving a truck, where I was using a um, chainsaw. Uh, where I was chopping wood with an axe, um, a visit to a sheep farm in Australia, fishing. Um, I uh, also 
going to make a shortly video on gardening because I'm a very passionate container gardener and quite successful too. Uh, I think it's a great thing for whether uh, visually impaired or non-visually impaired people to do. It's very therapeutic and, you know, makes you healthier if you eat fresh produce. Uh, so these are kind of uh, the topics uh, at the moment uh, I'm going in the nearest time to cover. That's cool. That's cool. One of my other guests also really enjoys gardening. See, so mm -hmm. that's, you know, gardening is a really, a really great, a really great hobby. Mm, uh, do you, uh, what pets do you have? I only have a guide dog, Patrick, and... Wonderful. Uh, I, I, had a gu I had a guide dog too. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, he's a black Labrador in so Australia. Was, so was, was mine. Mine, my guide yeah. dog was a girl. Was a girl black lab. For some reason, they do not train uh, many breeds of dogs as guide dogs in Australia. They only um, train Labradors, uh, Golden Retrievers, or uh, a mix of those two breeds. And uh, I. I love Labradors, but they shed way too much hair. Uh, so yeah, that's the only problem. Otherwise, I love uh, his temperament. He is amazing with my little one. Uh, so I could wish a better family guide dog, but I don't think I'm getting another one, to be honest. Um, in a way, I feel a little bit more confident walking with my cane because I get more information with it rather than when I walk, sort of glide through the, <laughs> you know, street with my dog. It's faster, uh, but um, yeah, I think I will probably not straight away, at least not straight away, get another guide dog. Yeah, yeah, me neither. My guide dog was wonderful. Um, but you know, there are, there are challenges, there are advantages and disadvantages to having, to having a guide dog. But well, our family travels a lot. We try to go at least twice a year on an international trip. Um, we've been to Italy, Austria, Thailand, um, Malaysia, and, uh, you know, lots of countries on our uh, list to, to visit uh, just with the coronavirus, you know, it's yeah. Uh, but you know if you live a lifestyle like that um, then you know guide dog is a bit of a liability each time it you really, have to find home no, and no kidding no kidding yeah and especially and, if you live in Australia because we have very strict um, you know border control regulations so with bringing animals in and out definitely. much much stricter than in America Same, well the America is still strict too it was extraordinarily difficult for me to get my guide dog into several countries um, so um, I don't I don't miss that um, that was quite that aspect was quite 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 overwhelming and caused me a lot of a lot of anxiety in my life um it was wonderful when her and i my god were living in the other country and everything was fine you know that that was that was awesome those were some some really special really special memories um but um however i i completely agree with you it's the 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 logistics of having a guide dog can make it overwhelming and and rewarding and wonderful all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I hope to be able to uh, raise uh, puppies for guide dogs organization. Uh, 
but I was told that they don't like um, blind people to raise their puppies, which was a bit of a shock to me um, because, you know, you would think, um, yeah, you, they would try to give you a chance, you know, as their client, uh, but they uh, reckon that a blind person is not able um, to monitor uh, the puppy's behavior. Um, you know, like it can get too cheeky to, uh, and you may not be able to see everything the dog does. And I get that. So, I mean, I'm not judgmental of them, but it was a little bit disappointing because, yeah, that, that's something I wanted to do. It's a six month commitment. So, you know, you can do that. Uh, and you're giving back, you know, I, I'm at that stage of my life. I've been very, very blessed. Like my husband, uh, fortunately, is very successful in financial sense. So I'm at that stage of my life where I want to give back to the world, to people. So like, you know, like YouTube, book, whatever, you know, if I ever, ever make any profit, I'm not going, you know, to spend it on myself. It's going to go, you know, to be spent uh, for a good cause, you know. Uh, there are so many people who need it much more. And that was, yeah, the reason why I wanted to do uh, puppy raising. But no, <laughs> I'll have to think about some other nice projects. That's all right. That's all right. That is a little frustrating. I mean, my my dream, um, my dream now in my life is, is for me to have my own snake. Do you, do you want a snake? No, I don't like snakes. Oh, whoa, whoa! Why not? They're per they're perfect pets. Why not? Okay. <laughs> about them, they, they, they you can't cuddle a snake. It never uh, develops an attachment like a relationship with you. Oh, so. I don't know about that. I think a lot of people. So a lot of people with disabilities um, find snakes extremely beautiful and attractive, and it gives me a great sense of pride um, and and joy. I I volunteered. Um, when I was going out in public, I volunteered at a nature center near my, near my home and they had yeah. a lot of reptiles and I got to like hold snakes and feed them mm -hmm. and like, oh, so wonderful. So wonderful. Not the same, not the same as a black Labrador puppy, but still a, <laughs> a sense of, a sense of accomplishment and an over, an overwhelming sense of safety. But that's, that's fine. You, you there in Australia, you have a lot of wonderful animals all sorts of creatures. We have too lizards. many, too many animals around. One night I woke up and I like yelled out uh, to my husband, something's hopping on my face. He's like, you imagine it. I was like, no, let's turn on the light, have a look. And he looks and said, there is nothing there. You imagine it. And then he lifts my pillow and there sits a beautiful uh, tree frog under my pillow. <laughs> Yeah, fro yeah, frogs are frogs can be kept as pets too. They're um, they, see that's kind of a visual pet, but if you're sighted, it's very attractive to buy these little. They're very expensive. These little tree frogs, and they're just they're just pretty little things. But they're they're incredibly delicate though. So I don't know why people like this. But anyway, that's all that's all fine. That's all fine and well. And um, are you um, you know, do you do you follow football, pro football? Who's your who's your favorite football team these days? I do not follow any sports. I do not follow any politics. Um, I love reading um, fiction books and a little bit um, of uh, uh, non, uh, well, actually quite a bit of nonfiction as well, mm -hmm. but I read a lot in Russian, I have to say, because, um, you know, of course. Oh, that's one that, of course, you should keep up. 
you should keep up Russian. And I mean, I'm the same when I'm in France, I only speak French. So I'm the same way you have to maintain, you know, second languages or first languages. Definitely. Yes. Yeah, so I love fitness. I love gardening and I love reading. And of course, my kids keep me busy. I'm trying to be an active and involved parent, you know, so there is hardly a day when we just stay at home. We usually go somewhere. Uh, I take my little one to trampoline lessons, to swimming lessons. Um, uh, you know, my uh, big boy goes to basketball and cadet uh, program. He wants to join Navy when he mm. grows up. So a lot of things to do, and my husband is very, very busy. So I guess, uh, you know, a lot of household sort of uh, duties fall on me, which is fine. I love cooking. I love gourmet cooking. Um, so, yeah, I'm busy, busy, busy. <laughs> well, that's, that's so good. That's so good. Do you speak to your children in Russian or in English? Yes, I do, but they lazy things um, try, if they can get away with it, uh, answer in English. It's just so much easier, especially for my, well, really for both of them, uh, to not have to switch from one lang language to another, because obviously, you know, at school, at kindergarten, um, you know, in extracurricular activities, uh, it's all in English. And then mom, the old one, you know, speaks to them in Russian, and they have to sort of work harder to have to switch. Uh, but yes, I do push uh, for that. I do want them to keep uh, Russian. Um, and I have quite a few Russian friends around me. And yeah, we get together, try to encourage kids to communicate uh, between them in Russian. Um, so yeah. So good. So good. Yeah, I, I, I completely defend that point. I think that's really important. Um, I think it's, imp it's an important life skill to be able to speak more than one language. It's just, it's kind of an important well, skill. Well, Leo, uh, Leo Tolstoy said that um, you are as many times a person, as many languages you know, basically, you know. It's Definitely. A bit of a translation, but I hope it makes sense. Basically, you know? yeah. That's, it's, it's interesting. You can have two two different you can have a personality in each language definitely personality definitely. as well as um, you know uh it just enriches your worldview uh, and also empowers you to understand many more uh, people you know without doubt uh, without doubt um uh, well cool and <laughs> has come in Michael can you please close the door okay well um, within the remaining uh, two minutes or so um, so where where did you go in the United States when you were studying in the States by the way yes it was very exciting so it was um, in 2003 three I think and uh, I lived in Texas uh, in uh, Dallas Fort Worth area uh, for almost a year um, so I had a very wonderful f hosting family 
they were a wonderful Christian family and um, they taught me some life lessons just by observing them, how they lived, you know. And uh, my uh, host sister uh, was visually impaired. And I, uh, for the first time, could see, because as I told you, I come from a boarding school, studied at the boarding school for the blind in Ukraine. I uh, had to see what she was going through in a normal public school because she had zero vision. And uh, at that time, I could see a little bit. So... Uh, like I could even struggling, but get away without using cane, but she had to use cane. She had to, you know, obviously it was much harder for her. And, you know, she even got slapped in the face. Uh, someone slammed her lunchbox in her face. And she taught me a lot by her courage, by, you know, she would not give up. And uh, recently she donated um, one of her kidneys to her father to save his life. You know, wow. she wow. has been my hero. She is my hero and she always will. And she also start. her name is Laurel Will Wheeler. Uh, so so good so we're now running now we're basically out of time (laughs) Aaron Richmond that was um, another really exciting edition of Aaron's opinion listen to us everywhere and as I like to say have a good day today and a great day tomorrow from regular expenses to occasional splurges there's a lot to buy why not get cash back every time you spend With a PenFed Power Cash Rewards card, you get cash back on every purchase. That's everywhere, every time you use it. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash to apply. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's a great time to get a great deal on a new car when you get approved for an auto loan from PenFed. Our Powered by True Car rates are as low as 1.39% APR on new vehicles. Finance for a longer term to lower your monthly bill, plus take up to 60 days to schedule your first payment. Join PenFed, and together, we'll keep you moving forward. Anyone can apply. Visit PenFed.org auto or call 1-800-247-5626. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.